Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Awards Radar Podcast. As always, I'm Joey, and I am again joined by Miles. Say hi, Miles. Hi, Miles. Makes me happy. And Steve. Say hi, Steve. Hello, everyone. Better. All right. Uh, lots to do today. We This is our predictions finale special, uh, precursor special as well, because goddamn all of them announced. So we are going to take a few questions from you guys, but most of what we're going to do is going over what happened and then how that factors into our final predictions. So let's get a uh, question in first before we dive right in. Uh, Matt Anderson writes in and says, not sure if this was asked yet, but are there any directors that you're not a fan of in terms of filmmaking, not personal issues that you have with them? So that's part one of his question. Actually, that's his question. Yeah. So who's a director who you don't like, not because they're a rapist or a sex pest, but because they just make movies you don't care for? I know Miles' answer, but I, I want to hear him go first. Well, now I'm curious what you think my answer is. Oh, David Lynch. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's the obvious one. I just not. I Yeah, I've talked to this this to death, but basically... I appreciate that he's a masterful filmmaker and that he's really, really good at what he's do, what he does, and he's really good at doing exactly what he wants to do and more power to him. But I cannot stand a single one of his movies. I, I just I can't sit through it. It's awful. How do you feel about his daily weather reports? I do not watch them. Hmm. He doesn't watch your movies either. I don't doubt that. Yeah. Steve? I'm going to go with the obvious choice, the Michael Bay. There's not much that he's done that I enjoy. Everything to me is just so overblown. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes in, you, you know what you're getting and you're done. So, I have uh, I have two. One who used to be more of a thing but has gotten better for me, and that's Wes Anderson. I never got the fuss aside from mostly Royal Tenenbaums and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. But I, I, I do like... Isle of Dogs, which means I, I think he's just better at animation, but uh, Grand Budapest Hotel was fine, too. So I'm, I'm less, you know, anti him than I used to be. The, the one for me is uh, Lee Daniels. I, uh, I don't, I just, he makes a project worse to me. And it's nothing against him. I'm sure he's a, a lovely gentleman, but um, Shadowboxer's terrible. That's, right, that's the one in the first one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was confusing it with Shadow Dancer for a second, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that that's the terrible. one where, like, Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, Helen Mirren are a couple. It's so weird. Yep. It's bizarre. It's just not good. It's interesting, but not good. Um, Precious, I, it, it's the David Lynch scenario there. Like, I recognize that it's effectively done, but I just don't I, it, I don't care for it. Like, I, I'm friends with Jeffrey Fletcher, but, like, I get he definitely captured that world brilliantly, but it's just a world I don't want to be in. So it's just a, you know, and that's part of what it is. You're supposed to be upset by it, but just didn't do it for me. And I don't like his Lee Daniels directorial flat flourishes. They they distract from the, the story. So obviously Paperboy's terrible. Oh, Maybe man. fun. Maybe fun, but terrible. Um, the Butler is, should be better. But again, just his his stuff brings it down. And, and Billy Holiday is the same way. They just, they, they, it's, his stuff doesn't do it for me. Maybe the next one will. I'm, I'm always, I'm always open. I'm not gonna, you know, not watch his movies, but they don't, they do nothing for me. So that's that's where I'm at. 
So thank you, Matt, for that question. And uh, sorry, Lee Daniels. Ryan McDermott, he chimes in as well with a uh, film hog face-off that will become apparent very quickly, the theme. Beverly Hills Cop or 48 Hours? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop for the theme song alone. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Same, but they're close. They're both uh, solid, like 80s cop movies. Trading Places are coming to America. I'm going to go Trading Places. I'm always like Steve's that. just a big fan of Jamie Lee Curtis nudity. Uh, I, I can't say no to that, but also uh, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd nudity is uh, also a plus. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Miles? Uh, I was going to say Coming to America, but then I remembered the Jamie Lee Curtis nudity, so now I'm going to go Trading Places. There you go. Um, I will go Coming to America. They're Miles Traded Places on his pick. Ah. Coming to America, it, it holds up really well, I got to say. I had it on recently, um, more so to remind you how sort of flimsy the sequel is, but it's it's good. That's I, I miss those, like, real solid 80s comedies. The Nutty Professor of Mulan. <laughs> we're talking, well, I guess we're talking the original Mulan. I'm going to go with the original Mulan. And partially because of Eddie Murphy. Okie dokie. Right. So Mushu makes the difference there. Fair enough. Nutty Professor or Mulan Miles? Uh, I have to go Mulan. It's one of my favorites of that generation of Disney. I think it would Fair. work just as well without him, but I do think he really adds to it. Yeah. It's it's rare to not like the, the Disney like animated side. You know, Disney animation animal sidekick there i got those words out um so yeah i'm on mulan too but night professor's fine just it's fine it's, it's yeah yeah it's it's something he did better in coming to america it was that, that's where you start to notice like oh you're you know there's a there's a downward trend you know coming to america nutty professor norbert <laughs> then i think we stopped with the him playing you know multiple parts stuff uh shrek or shrek 2 Shrek, obviously. Yeah, Shrek's a classic, and they they sl- slip in quality after the first. But uh, I love the original. I actually, I actually think Shrek Two might be a better movie. They're both great, but Shrek Three is when it went downhill, and then Shrek Four is terrible. I there mean, is a fourth one, right? Yeah, I mean Shrek Four are terrible, but Two for me, they're already like, oh, we're doing almost exclusively like jokes that are references to other movies, and I don't know. It's it just started to feel just that little bit more cheap for me. It's better than Fair. Four for sure, but nothing tops the original. Uh, granted, I have not watched it since, but I just remember going, wait, this is this is better than I expect because even at that age, and I wasn't like a little kid, but I wasn't you know wasn't an adult. I, uh, you know, was skeptical of the, like, sequel. Like, why? But I remember liking it a lot. So maybe that's memory doing it. It's it's possible. Uh, last one, Dreamgirls or Dolomite is my name. Dolomite, for sure. Definitely I love Dolomite. Dolomite. I saw Dolomite in the theater, and it was one of the best experiences I've had. You saw a Netflix movie in a the theater. <laughs> yeah, I did. What a, what a world. You saw something in a the theater. What a world. Yeah, um, that's... Yeah, no, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Dolomite as well. Uh, Dreamgirls is fine. I don't love Dolomite quite as much as uh, as everyone else does, but it's still good. It's just, you know, Disaster Artist is my Dolomite, given the choice between the two. Uh, part two from Ryan. So thank you, Ryan. You get to greenlight a sequel to any comedy film made before the year 2010. Which is it? 
Uh, I'm going to say Galaxy Quest and recreate Alan Rickman with CGI. It's the one instance where I'm willing to let it happen. Nice. I mean, I'll, I'll go again after Steve, but I'll, I'll, I'll cheat for the first one and say uh, I greenlight Clerks 3, which I believe is happening anyway. But, you know, there we go. Well, that's um, not a very good use of the hypothetical question if it's something that's already happening. That's true. But... I don't know that it has the green light. I don't know that they have the money yet. So I'm providing the imaginary money, as I also think of a, a better one. Because Galaxy Quest is a very good one. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Everyone gets one. Oh, you know what? I got mine. Spaceballs 2, The Search for More Money. That almost happened, Would didn't you it? do like a new cast? Because a lot of them aren't. I mean, if you're if you're CGIing a character, I could CGI half the cast. Well, I've got one major character. I don't know about, uh, like, I f- probably more so, than half the cast at this point. I feel like you could have fun with this. Let's talk this out for a quick second, even though we have more to do. Um, John Candy is an animal, so technically you could you could uh, play with that. Um, the robot is the robot, so that could just be a robot. I'm trying, who else is dead? Well, people like Mel Brooks or Bill Pullman aren't dead, but like, is it fun to see them and stuff anymore? Not necessarily, but if you played up that it was a cash grab, because that was the joke in the first one, you know, and hopefully Spaceballs, the sequel. I think if you did a, uh, if you did like a Force Awakens riff on it, where you're like, specifically like, it's the reboot, like he's playing the grumpy 70-year-old Harrison Ford version of the Han Solo character, that That I think could work. That might be the way to do it. You you do Force Awakens with the new people, but they interact with the old people, and the old people are all really pissed off that they're there. Right. It might even be funny to have the young characters like playing it straight for the most part. They haven't yeah. like picked up that it's a satire yet, and then everyone else is just like, "Oh, just wait." Well, that was that was part of Spaceballs is fun. Is like some of the characters, you know, they they flip flop, but they did, you know. Uh, Bill Pullman, you know, played a real sci fi character. He just you know got silly when everyone else got silly. Sure. It could work. I'll, I'll take it as my answer. Steve, you're up. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how this movie ended, but Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story would be mm. interesting. The continuation. It's got a great cast. No CGI needed except for uh, Harold Ramis. Yeah. All right. Not bad. I don't hate that. Yeah. And then the final question we have is from Moritz Schroeder. What's your favorite song of the award season? I'll go quickly. Um, no one saw it, but, uh, I guess people saw it cause it was on Netflix, but, um, all together now, the Brett Haley movie has another song from, uh, Keegan DeWitt, the guy who did the songs for, uh, the hero and, uh, hearts beat loud called feel. It's called feels like home. And it's sung by the actress who is the lead of Milana. She's the lead in the movie as well. It's uh, it's very good. So I'll say that's my favorite song. Not far off. I would say everybody cries from the outpost. And for shits and giggles, uh, yeah, yeah, ding dong. Oh yeah. Well, the uh, the Eurovision songs. I was going to say I have nothing to add here, but the Eurovision songs for sure. Oh no. Also, I'm sorry. The uh, Rocket to the Moon. I thought was uh, yeah. a surprising uh, snub, and I use that accurately uh, sure. this year. But those uh, those two uh, are, are definitely two high on my list. Yeah, Miles. Uh, I'm going to go with Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Mm-hmm. I don't have much and, to say about it, but I like it, and it's literally the only one I could think of. Uh, Miles also texted me just now. He said, Wuhan Flu, it's the most accurate song of the year. 
I, I got you. I hear. Hey, Steve, when you're when you're cutting this together, <laughs> I don't know, Miles. You you do live in Florida. You might be embraced. <laughs> I'll clean it up. If there's one it. thing in this world that I don't want to be embraced by, it's Floridians. Yeah. Miles gets elected to Congress. He doesn't know why. <laughs> I'm literally trying to leave. Yeah, I would. I don't blame you. All right. So, fun as I was about to say, fun aside, that we'll have fun still. But we had uh, a bunch of precursors, starting with the reason why we're recording this a little later in the week. Uh, Critics' Choice was on Sunday, of which I am a voter. And they went uh, pretty solidly for Nomadland, but they split things a little bit. So I'll give you just the uh, the the film categories. They they TV wise, they love the crap. So there you go. But supporting actor Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. I, I'm pretty sure that's just what's happening. But we'll talk a little more about that. Supporting actress was Maria Bakalova Borat. We have to talk about that category because oh boy. Um, Young actor went to Alan Kim from Minari. The comedy went to Palm Springs. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> That's all right. It happened. Act, yeah. Acting ensemble went to Trial of Chicago 7, which was um, its only win, which was a little surprising. But again, something we're going to talk about. Um, Zendaya got a special award. Hamilton was the movie made for television. Song was speak now from One Night in Miami. Hey, S- slight upset over um, Diane Warren's song, and there was also the possibility that Everybody Cries had a shot because Rod Lurie actually uh, helped found the uh, Critics Choice Association. He's like a initial member of uh, of it, so that's a that's a thing, but didn't translate unfortunately. Director was Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. I think that's also pretty done. Cinematography was Nomadland. We'll talk about that in a minute. Editing was a tie. We love our ties. It was uh, Sound of Metal and Trial of Chicago 7, which was a really cool tie, I gotta say. Two very different types of editing, both very good. Visual effects was Tenet. Tenet's got its one category we know we'll probably get into. Hair and makeup was Ma Rainey. Costume design was Ma Rainey. Production design was Mank. Actor was Chadwick Boseman. Original screenplay was Promising Young Woman, Fairmont Fennel. She beat Aaron Sorkin. Adapted screenplay was Nomadland. Chloe beat uh, Kemp Powers for One Night in Miami. Foreign language film was Minari. Don't get me started on that. Original score was Soul. Actress was Carrie Mulligan. Picture was Nomadland. And I uh, heard a rumor, take it with a grain of salt, that number two very close behind was Promising Young Woman. It was the it was the runner-up not trial of the Chicago 7. Interesting. Yeah. Now, whether that was, you know, 50 votes or 100 votes, who knows? Or whether it was one vote higher than Chicago 7? Don't know. But if true, very interesting because the group did like it. But overall, definitely a a good time for Nomadland. Nothing, I think, that really changes the race. But something to keep in mind as we start to formulate our things. So that happened. Then we had the PGA nominations which is the Producers Guild. They vote for Best Picture, for those of you who don't know, sort of the same way the Oscars do. So the 10 that get into their their lineup, you kind of feel like you can narrow down into who's going to be nominated for Best Picture. It's not exclusively that way. There can be upsets. But as a general rule, if you're playing it safe, you take these 10, you 
subtract one or two and you probably have your nominees. So their, uh, their nominations were Borat, Judas and the Black Messiah, Ma Rainey, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, Promising a Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago 7. So I don't know if you guys disagree, but I feel like what you do there is you remove Borat. That's the uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Deadpool kind of nomination. And then there's your likely nine. And then if you subtract another one, it just depends on whether it's Judas, Ma Rainey, or Sound of Metal. Any disagreements there? I do not disagree. What do you think with Borat making the best picture? I mean, they do like their populist, like popular movie that would have made money or did make money. Mm-hmm. Hence with Wonder Woman and Deadpool and they don't translate. Um, I mean, I, I bumped it up in my predictions a little bit, but I would be really surprised if if number one votes got it in. I, I think with PGA, a lot of times they do like the, you know, to get in something more mainstream on the list. And also, you know, remember, they're producers voting for producers. It is a it is a really interesting achievement to be able to to make these sort of undercover movies. You know, rewarding the production for for basically making a movie no one knew about until it was almost done. But I, I think you have to put that as the tenth most likely of this list. That's crazy to me. Yeah, especially considering it it knocked out News of the World, which seemed like a like a slam dunk. Um, knocked out Five Bloods, other things that missed Tenet, though I don't think anyone really expected it to get in, and. Uh, you know, that, that, that kind of is a signal, I think, of where we're sort of narrowing it down to. Now, maybe there's room for something else. Soul didn't get in. Though it did get the animated one, which was Crude's Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. It was kind of the, the expected five. So that's, uh, this is one to keep in mind. So as you sort of build out your predictions, PGA, very important. Big crossover with the Academy. So we have this bit of information. Then we had BAFTA. Now, normally, again, big crossover with the Academy. Something to uh, usually play up. But there was a wrinkle. The wrinkle happened to be that they have their 9,000 members just like the Academy, right? So I think it was like eight years ago. I want to say 2013. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's then. They adopted the same system as the Academy. So um, nominations to be determined to have the same sort of system. So everything was all hunky-dory then. But uh, now they've brought back long lists this year. So they changed the nominating system because they want the submitted films to be seen. So long lists happen. And what happened was in round one, the uh, BAFTA members, they would rank their top 15. So you, you made your 15 on all your categories. And whatever got the most votes was on the long list. That's what happened last month, February like 4th, something like that. So then for the acting and directing categories, there were juries of about a dozen, <clears throat> a dozen members, supposedly diverse backgrounds, to choose the final four entries on the long lists. They also decide the six nominees. So we got 15. Then the jury comes in, puts in four more. You got 19. Then they decide what the six are. So you have to keep in mind for the acting and the directing categories, that's what happened. So that's why 
when you look at Best Film, the nominees are The Father, The Mauritanian, Nomadland, Promising Woman, Trial to Chicago 7. So you have four films that I think you probably would expect to be there, and The Mauritanian beating back, you know, Minari, uh, One Night in Miami, Judas, News of the World, Sound of Metal. But small potatoes compared to the acting categories. Because in lead actress, uh, you have Bucky Backray from Rocks, Rada Blank, The 40-Year-Old Version, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand, Nomadland, Wumi Musaka, the, his, his House, and Alfre Wooded Clemency, which is a year behind. She's not in it. Uh, you guys realize who you didn't hear, right? Uh, two of them, yes. Yeah, there was no Viola Davis. There was no Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan especially interesting considering they clearly like the film i believe it got six nominations overall um also, and she's british usually the brits yep. get a big leg up yep something to keep in mind now vanessa kirby and francis McDormand are the only two to hit everywhere so when we do our calculations we now have andrew day has won golden globe right so you have andrew day there you take her then you have sag sag can go to Basically, all of our front-running contenders. You look at BAFTA, in all likelihood, BAFTA's going to Vanessa Kirby or Francis McDormand, right? That, what do you, Critics' Choice went to Carrie Mulligan. So the best that anyone can hope for is two, two things. You know, Kirby or McDormand could win BAFTA and then SAG. And SAG-BAFTA is a pretty good combination, Carrie Mulligan could easily do Critics' Choice SAG, which is also pretty solid. So really, I, I kind of feel like whoever wins SAG is going to win the Oscar. Since what other metric are you using, you know? That checks yeah. out for me. Yeah. So that was one wild thing. Then in lead actor, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey. Ardash Garav, The White Tiger. Anthony Hopkins, The Father. Mads Mikkelsen, another round. Tahar Rahim, the Mauritanian. So, again, interviewing with me gets you nominated for things. Just three people right there. Even um, across the pond. I know. The Brits listen to me for some reason. But again, no Gary Oldman. One of their people, right? So no Gary Oldman. No Delroy Lindo, though, for being honest. Did you really think they were going to go out of their way for someone who's, you know, not white? They have... BAFTA has issues. And this was honestly designed to try to combat that that was that was them finally listening to like oh shit we never <laughs> we ignore denzel washington we do all that and they still and they still had the problem though they did to their credit nominate a lot more of the sort of bl- below the radar contenders in that way so i think that that kind of inoculates you from a little bit of cri- criticism you know rada blank instead of viola davis can you really be that upset all right or would miyasaku for uh, his house yeah. So they, they you know, it's, it's, it's not that they fix their problem so much as they, they, they show that they can do it, but there's, there's, there's more to it than that. What's interesting is inadvertently, they kind of made you have to dismiss them as an Oscar predictor in a way, because a group of a dozen people or whatever it was, I, I said the amount a minute ago, I forgot, but they, you know, they're not. Yeah, about a dozen diverse voters. So that's not indicative of the Academy. That's closer to like what Gotham does. And we don't look at them as a predictor. So 
there's that. Interestingly, uh, as we go down, supporting actress, they only have Maria Bakalova and Yu Jung Yoon from Minari as people who are probably going to get nominated. Though Dominique Fishback for Judas is a potential contender. So I'd like to see it. They pro- they provide no help in supporting actress. Supporting actor, they do have Daniel Kaluuya. They put Alan Kim in for Minari. They like him enough to put him in supporting actor, but not the film and picture. Or Steven Yeun in actor. Uh, Leslie Odom and Paul Racy do get in. Clark Peters actually shows up for The Five Bloods. But again, no Sasha Baron Cohen. What to make of that? That one's so legitimately baffling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Especially when you then look at director. They went another round, Thomas Vinterberg. Baby Teeth, Shannon Murphy. Um, Robert Hamer's thrilled. Minari, Lee Isaac Chung. They went for it there. Nomadland, Chloe Zhao. Uh, Q Vadis, Ida for um, we interviewed her, but I cannot pronounce her name. I'm sorry. And Rock Sarah Gavron. They didn't go. Um, Emerald Fennel, which again, you start to try to figure out like, like what do you, where where did this work out? Because again, you look at original screenplay. Or, uh, another uh, another round gets in. Mank gets in. Promising Woman. Rocks Trial of Chicago Seven. They didn't go Minari. So there's a lot like floating around. Adapted screenplay, they got The Father, The Mauritanian, No Medland, No One Night in Miami. So it's just all around baffling. So whether we consider them as much as we normally do or not, that remains to be seen. Then the other piece of the puzzle, DGA. DGA, notoriously a boys club. They um, made some moves. Lee Isaac Chung, I think, was the big surprise from Minari. Emerald Fennel, Promising Young Woman, gets a huge boost to her Best Director potential uh, nomination. David Fincher, Mank, Aaron Sorkin, Charles Chicago 7, Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. So that's, you had three pretty safe people. Emerald Fennel, who I think you you probably want to predict now, and Lee Isaac Chung, who's right there. If you do the DGA 5, normally they they cross over four out of five, but still. Interestingly, though, um, Fennel did not get the first time one. As well, they didn't double dip. They went Rada Blank, Fernando Freyas de la Parra from No Longer Here, Regina King, who missed in the top category for One Night in Miami, Darius Mortar, Sound of Metal, and Florian Zeller, The Father. So, interesting, interesting, interesting. And then as we wrap up precursors before we get into predictions, ASC, the cinematography one. They, uh, they went for, I would say, four of the five expected contenders. Eric Schmidt mank Fade and Papa Michael, Trial Chicago 7, Joshua James Richards, Nomadland, Darius Wolski, News of the World. Then it was, well, are they going to go for Tenant? Are they going to go for The Five Bloods? You know, are they going to go Minari or something, or Promising Woman, go sort of a little more out there? Uh, they went Newton Thomas Siegel, all right, but not for The Five Bloods. They went for Cherry. So there you are. <laughs> Curious. Yes. So... Now, AFC does sometimes translate. So you gotta keep you gotta move Cherry pretty high up now into up to your five or six, which is which is kind of wild. So that's where we're at. Now, what does that mean for the nominations? I think honestly, and I've been thinking this a lot as we've been going through the season, it's just such a weird year and it's such weird circumstances, and so many of the normal 
metrics that we would use to make our predictions are kind of like things like BAFTA being so off kilter or things like not being able to have proper premieres where you can gauge the room and people are kind of being influenced by each other and by what everybody's talking about or what everybody likes. I think a lot of our normal measures of sort of how we go about this have kind of been upended. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing a lot more surprises than we're used to. For sure. I think that's that's where this gets interesting. At what point do you have to not discount everything that's happening, but but move into more of a, a gut feeling? The bizarre that I don't yeah. The bizarre release calendar alone, you know, really kind of makes things like uh Judas and the Black Messiah's late arrival. How does that factor in in a year when people are watching probably, well, 100% of these things in their house and not having all the functions you would typically have and the conversations you would typically have. You know, a lot of this, I think, is going to be more internalized on the voting Mm -hmm. rather than having that those influencers. So for sure, the same things we've been talking about for a while now. Yeah. So I'll tell you right now, you know, I look at my predictions and, and a lot of things don't change because that's just sort of where we're at. But as we go into the categories, there are definitely things where I'm noticing movement. So, yeah, we're going to skip the shorts because straight up crapshoot. And I'm going to go on a limb and say that uh, Steve and Miles did not prepare anything on these short categories. Nope. Didn't think so. So documentary, we have the, we know the contenders. All right. There were 15. With documentary, I feel like you have to just guess to some degree. Nothing's real. Things have done better than others, but nothing has uh, necessarily stuck out as the likely winner. Like, for example, I believe Time is one of the only ones that hit everywhere. You know, hit every um, documentary precursor. But I don't know that that feels like a winner necessarily. So I'll tell you, my my five is Dick Johnson is dead at one, Crip Camp two, Time three, all in the fight for democracy at four, which hasn't gotten in that many places, but I I do feel like if you're an on-the-ball documentary voter, you kind of want to make Stacey Abrams an Oscar nominee just because. You know, the the thinking about the ideology of the Academy. And my number five is Boy State. So right there next in line, Welcome to Chechnya at six, which we're going to talk about in another category in a little bit. Collective at seven, which is the same. And then... It's kind of with uh, MLK, FBI, Gunda, and My Octopus Teacher. Those, those kind of, I feel like, the 10. Give or take, like, the Truffle Hunters or something, a little more of a lark getting in. So I'm curious what you guys think about documentary, if you have any thoughts. I think, you know, some of the big names, uh, Dick, Dick Johnson is, has been talked about since its uh, since pre-release, actually, since, was it Sundance? So I think that mm-hmm. seems to be a lot. But the, the ones I'm curious about are like the Truffle Hunters because there's a lot of talk about the cinematography, not just you know it being a documentary, but the, the look of it. And then you have yeah. uh, The Mole Agent, which is another one that seems to be – I see a lot in, in conversation. Of course, I'm having these conversations on, on Twitter. Um, but when you start to see these things pop up and becoming part of the conversation, especially when people are locked in their houses or not having the typical uh, – interactions they would you know what what does influence them um so i wouldn't be surprised to see something like the, the truffle hunter sneak in there yeah i know no there's nothing i would be surprised by but that's the nature of this category and also this year miles 
Uh, yeah, I think a lot of your uh, predictions are sort of dead on. I think Dick Johnson, Crip Camp, Time all seem like as close to sure things as we can hope for. Boy State seems likely. The only thing I would really add to it is that um, just based on what I've heard, not that I'm any crazy metric for any of this stuff, but when you hear a lot about any given documentary in a year where you're not like actively paying attention to it, they tend to stand out that much more. So all I would say is to keep an eye on Collective and My Octopus Teacher for that reason, because those are the two that I feel like outside of sort of the core likely nominees, if there's going to be a spoiler, it's most likely to be one of them. Well, wasn't it, uh, was it last year or the year before, maybe it was both, uh, that Netflix ended up pulling in the wind and it had uh, for the for documentary, the one about the Russian drugging and during the Olympics. So the octopus teacher having that accessibility and also extending beyond the film circles and having, yeah. you know, that reach people who would influence you in different ways. Well, what I'll say yeah. is um, with collective and that's how we'll transition to, to international feature. When you're eligible in two categories, sometimes that's a boon, and also sometimes that's a way to go, well, if we give you this, we can exclude you here. They don't really think that way because it's still individual groups, but it does weigh in the back of your mind. Like if you're a documentary voter and you're really torn, you might go, well, Collective seems like it's probably going to get into international features, so it's not going to get shut out. You know, Maybe that matters, maybe that doesn't. But here, international feature, we also have the uh, long list. Uh, again, you, you really can't figure it out beyond some obvious ones. I feel like another round will get in and probably win. I'm no longer here is the Netflix one that has a good shot. Collective being in two short lists is a good thing. And then you start to get a little wonky because you have La Llorona, which seems like it's hitting everywhere. Night of the Kings, which people are fond of when they watch it. But then you also have uh, Cuvatus. You have Two of Us, The Mole Agent, and then hope you start to it becomes a little bit of a crapshoot so i i I fully expect to only get about three of these right but you know we'll see anyone quickly have a thought on this or should we move on to another category mole agent again and two of us are two that i could see slipping in there but another round i'm just curious and i don't do all the you know the numbers work the numbers like you do but i could see that sneaking in to best picture you know i mean i it would it would be very unlikely just because it's not i don't think enough people saw it I don't think it's uh, I don't think it blew people away that way. It's because it's about the number one votes. Like, I, I, I think almost everyone enjoys the movie, but I don't know how many people think it's the best thing they saw all year. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to I'm going to uh, stake my claim to it. If it happens, remember this moment. <laughs> all right. I, th- I, I agree with Joey that it's definitely the front runner to win. And it's the only one out of this group that I'm I would be stunned if it didn't show up. Everything yeah. else you can take or leave. All right, cool. Another category that's going to be very similar. We're going to blow through some of these quick just so we can get, spend a little time on the ones that matter. Not that they don't matter, but you know what I mean. Uh, song. We know it's a mess. Diane Warren for the life ahead. Seems like she's in the lead. Uh, Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Leslie Odom's song is right there, I think, now. Other than that, I don't know what could necessarily win, barring a you know just voters vote for what they like. But right now, my other three nominated ones are Fight for View from Judas and the Black Messiah, Hear My Voice from Trial of Chicago 7, and Turntables from All In, which would actually, I believe, make Janelle Monet a nominee. So that's interesting. Right there next in line, you have another Diane Warren song. You have Free from the one and only Ivan. See, it depends on how much they like her. 
You have uh, Wuhan flu from Borat, which, I mean, it, it, if you like the movie, you probably think the song is funny, but I, anyone who's listening to it out of context is going to be very puzzled, <laughs> to say the least. Um, there's uh, See What You Done from Belly of the Beast. I am not particularly aware of that movie, but that would make Mary J. Blige another a nominee. Um, you have um, the song... Uh, was it Husevic from uh, Eurovision? Which is, you never know. I think Netflix is making an effort, but maybe not like a massive one. You did you see Green. the video that the town of Husevic put together? I, I think it's a town. I did not, but I heard I heard about it. Um, oh, it's great. It's great. There's Sound of Metal song, Green, which Abraham Otter co-wrote the script, uh, wrote. Um, I don't know how, I don't know the song offhand, because I'm trying to think, is it a, I don't think it's a heavy metal song, right? It's a, it's a song somewhere else in the movie. Unless I'm mistaken, but depends on which they like the movie. Uh, John Legend has a song from uh, the documentary Giving Voice. There's a Mulan song. Jingle Jangle has a song. Minari has a song. And Mr. Soul has a song. So that's what made the list. I, I, I kind of still feel like what I said. The top two are the top two. And I feel like Judas will probably get in. I feel like Trial Chicago 7 probably get in. That fifth slot is wide open. Yeah, I have nothing to really add to this one because I've only heard two of them. Exactly. It's a bad year for songs. I mean, we always say that now, but it's a especially bad year, I would say. So let's let's go in the score, which I feel like we've heard a little bit more of at least. I'll go I'll go just go from least likely to most likely. Uh, 15 Blizzard of Souls. 14 Life Ahead. 13 Mulan. 12 Jingle Jangle. Now, keep in mind... Um, Henry Gregson Williams is Mulan. Uh, John Debney is Jingle Jangle. So they're names. Benjamin Walfish, The Invisible Man, is only 11. 10, Dustin O'Harrowin and uh, Volker Bertelman for Ammonite. Now's where I think it gets interesting. You got Terrence Blanchard, The Five Bloods. I kind of feel like we're going to end up with a shutout for The Five Bloods, which is a shame, but we'll talk about that in a minute. And then here's the eight. I think the eight is really where to focus. You got Thomas Newman, The Little Things. Even if you hate the movie, the score is pretty good. And Thomas Newman, again, Right there, people, you know, he's not going to win this year, but people want him to win. You have Daniel Pemberton for Trial of Chicago 7 at 7, which I didn't do on purpose. Alexander Desplat for The Midnight Sky at 6. It almost feels weird to not have him in the 5 because I believe there's some sort of contract where he and Meryl Streep get nominated no matter what they do. And then my predicted 5, my number 5 is Ludwig Göransson for Tenant, hanging on by by a fucking thread because... I feel like Warner Brothers is actively trying to make Tenet not get nominated, considering it's not um, really available for Academy members to watch very easily. Uh, number four, Emil Mosseri for Minari. Three, Reznor and Ross, Mank. Number two, James Newton Howard, News of the World. And my number one, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, John Batiste, Soul. What do you guys think? I'm thinking it's Soul. Yeah, yeah I think this this category is Souls to Lose. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it's just souls. When we have the nominees, we'll talk more. But again, like, there's nothing like super exciting hanging around. Uh, visual effects. I have Tenet winning, which is uh, interesting because there's a world where Tenet goes one for one with its nominations, which six to nine months ago, we were thinking it would have, what, 10 nominations? You know, just like dominate the tech field. Could go one for one. 
Midnight Sky number two. I think they're very safe. I hear from the uh, the Bake Off that which press weren't allowed to go to this year. That Welcome to Chechnya did good, did well. I'm sorry. Um, be, again, such a sort of interesting nominee. And if you're if you're someone who voted to get um, Ex Machina win, you're probably in line to vote Welcome to Chechnya. And then my other two right now, I have Mank. It's very subtle, but if you're if you're also voting for it for Best Picture. Very likely you might be voting down here. And the one and only Ivan. You know, Disney doing some some heavy lifting there. I think that will uh, maybe translate. We also have interviews with them on the site for anyone who's curious about the process. Now, the uh, the other ones, because the, the Bake Off just got us to 10. I have Love and Monsters at 10. Bloodshot at 9. Birds of Prey at 8. Soul at 7, which is an interesting possibility. And Mulan at 6. So I think maybe those 7 are really where we're at what do you guys think that sounds right to me yeah i think something like chechnya could be a surprise because that's your your less traditional effects i was about to say if it gets in yeah then it's a definite upset and the, the one and only ivan are, are the ones that you know they i think people are just so used to that type of visual effect that it could slip out with uh tenant keeping the spot mm-hmm. uh, what is it about mank that you know the why is that so high well, I think it's very, it's, uh, there's not a whole lot of CGI, but there's some practical effects work. And I think it's also when you're a best picture nominee, you do usually get in So keep that in mind. It always surprises me. That's so high. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's, that's just sort of how it goes. Speaking of sound. Now here's a, here's a very untraditional winner. Cause I still have sound and metal at number one, but it is picking up precursor wins which is big news of the world. I think also, I think uh, sound of metal news of the world have done the best with these sound branches, which again, there's only one category this year. You have to kind of figure out, you know, how much of editing you're taking into account, how much of mixing you're taking into account. They both have hit where they need to get in. I'd be surprised if either missed Ma Rainey, I think is also probably very likely to get in. Then I have trial of Chicago seven, which again, Picture nominees, they slip in a lot. And Soul, which means I have Tenet missing because it didn't do that well with uh, the sound precursors. Uh, Seven, Midnight Sky, Eight, Mank, Nine, The Prom, Ten, Invisible Man. Thoughts? They sound good. I have Sound of Metal up at top and, and Ma Rainey just below. So Yeah, think, same you know, for me. Very Fairly similar. Yeah. I mean, Ma Rainey, I want to talk about in a minute as we keep going with the uh, categories because there's a world where Ma Rainey leads the win total by the end of the night and that's a little strange yeah I could see that like misses out on the biggest categories except for Chadwick but then like yeah. kind of sweeps the bot below the line not even sweeps I think but can potentially just do let's say actor costumes makeup sound let's say I don't think it'll win sound, but let's say actor, costumes, makeup, right? Cinematography. Three. Uh, probably a longer shot. But well, let's say it have, does, yeah. So let's say it does, let's say it does actor, costumes, makeup, and let's, so yeah, if it wins three, it would tie for the most because Nomadland, I think is probably pegging if it wins, you know, picture, director, screenplay. You know, or maybe picture director, screenplay, cinematography. That's where the rub is. Sure. So 
A lot depends. Like if, if Ma Rainey goes production design, all bets are off. Like it's just very strange that a movie that is a fringe picture nominee, like it's probably going to get in, but if it gets in is easily considered like number six, seven, eight or nine, you know, it's not thought of as a threat to win. Just the thing I've been thinking about. Speaking of uh, makeup and hairstyling, I have it winning. I, I have mank number. Yeah, I'd about to say I think we all probably have it winning, right? Yeah. All right. What I do you have, What do you have for two and three? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right. I'd about to say I have mank number two. What do you guys have number two? I have mank as well. I have Pinocchio. All right. I have hillbilly elegy number three. Same. I have birds of prey number three. I think they still love Suicide Squad. Yeah, I have Pinocchio number four. That's where I have Mank. That's where I have uh, Hillbilly Elegy. And I have Birds of Prey at five. And I have Emma. I have Jingle Jangle. So you, so we're, we we cross over four out of five, I think, on each of ours. My uh, my six is Emma. My seven is The Glorias. My eight is Jingle Jangle. My nine is The Little Things. My ten is One Night in Miami. Uh, this, is a, this is a category where you just have to wait and see. I do think it's probably uh, Ma Rainey's. Mank, if it's going to be a good night. Hillbilly, if they're just loving caked on makeup to make someone look a little older. Not an exciting category, unfortunately. <laughs> you get what you get. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have a couple of like real interesting things, but not this year. Uh, editing. Better category. I'll concede that. My number one is so film editing. My number one is Trial of Chicago 7. And yeah, that's what we're going to do the rest of the way. Just okay. I'll go number one and you tell me where you're at. I'm on board. Same here. All right. Same. My number two is Mank. No, I have it at three. I have Nomadland at two. All right. I have Nomadland at two as well. All right. I have Sound of Metal at three. I'd... I have Promising Young Woman there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm still at Mank. Right. I have Nomadland at four. That's where I have uh, Sound of Metal. That's same here. That's four. And I have Promising Woman at five. I do have it doing getting into editing, which should tell you a little bit about my picture lineup later. I have the five bloods though. Man. All right. I have uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. All right. So we're again four out of five. My number six is Tenant. My number seven is News of the World. My number eight is Judas. My number nine is One Night in Miami. My number 10 is The Five Bloods. My six is The Father. Do you have, did you say The Father in there? I don't have The Father in my 10. I didn't go lower than five for uh, uh, everything under the screenplays. That's fair. Yeah, editing, I mean, we, we're waiting. We're recording this before Ace Eddie. It's the only thing we don't have in mind as we're doing this. So that's where I may be updating my predictions one more time before... I sort of give it the once over on over the weekend. So keep that in mind. Uh, you guys have been well behaved. So I'm rewarding you. We're going to talk costume design. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, one of the worst ones we got, unfortunately. There's a couple of com- fun nominees in there, but it's pretty bad. Uh, my number one is Ma Rainey. Same here. Uh, my number one is Mank. All right. My number two is Emma. I've got Mank at two. I've got Ma Rainey at two. I've got Mank at three. And I've got Emma at three. Sounds like we're playing a board game. Or a card <laughs> I've game. also got Emma at three. 
in the observatory with the candlestick. <laughs> so yeah, those those seem to be the right three. Uh, my number four is Jingle Jangle. I go to News of the World. I have Mulan. I think it's going to surprise. Mm. I love That's, the fact that I'm predicting more nominations for Jingle Jangle than The Five Bloods. It's wild. Uh, and my number five is Birds of Prey. I, uh, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, I also have Birds of Prey. I go to Copperfield, David Copperfield. My number six is The Prom. My number seven is Promising a Woman. My number eight is Doolittle. My number nine is Mulan. My number 10 is Judas and the Black Messiah. I, uh, I basically just went to the... Um, Costume Designers Guild nominations and pulled from there. Yeah, I go down to Jingle Jangle and Promising Young Woman after that. Yeah, it's rough. All right. Cinematography, having ASC in our back pocket, right? My my update is to come, but my number one is Nomadland, Joshua James Richards. Same. Same. My number two is Eric Messerschmidt. Mank. Sam. Same. My number three is Darius Wolski, Knowles of the World. No. I'll go to trial. Uh, Papa Michael? Fade, fade and Papa Michael. My, I, I have uh, same as um, Steve. Mm. Chicago 7 is my number four, Fade and Papa Michael. I wasn't that far off then. I go to yeah. Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's where I have uh, News of the World. I have moved Cherry to five. Newton Thomas Siegel would be his first nomination. Um, I've got Sean Bobbitt for Judas. Mm-hmm. I do too. It might be wishful thinking, but I'm going to, I'm going to put it there. I have uh, Newton Thomas Siegel again at number six for the five bloods. Yeah. I don't have a six and seven. I know. And then my number seven is Hoyt Van Hoytema for tenant. My number eight is a uh, Lucas Zal from thinking of ending things. My nine is, Sean Bobbitt for Judas, and my number 10 is Tobias Slisher for Ma Rainey. ASC, um, I think, gave us four, like I said earlier, four of the five. And then your fifth one is whether Newton Thomas Siegel gets in, Hoyt Van Hoytema gets in, or they go for a movie that's not doing quite as well, sort of like I'm thinking of ending things or... I think Judas, unfortunately, is a little bit of wishful thinking, though Sean Bobbitt's a great DP. So we'll see there. Here's my quick commentary or question. Mm-hmm. Don't you think Nomadland's a little bit of a cheat? You go out there in the Midwest, you're surrounded with beautiful landscapes, mountains, and all this other wonderful stuff. Sun rises, sun sets, perfect setting. Of course it's going to look great. But yeah, what, I, what I hear that translate to is... Uh, Miles, why don't you go shoot out of Florida? Go shoot in like the middle of America. You'll win. <laughs> a, you'll you. win an Oscar. You yeah, fuck. Clearly, like that's what I heard. Um, I'm not saying I, you're going to win an Oscar. I'm just saying, but it's 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 incredible. It's a beautiful looking film. But I think something like Mank and and and, and all the, the rest of my top five create more challenges. Here, it's like what what I hear is is he thinks it's a lot. It's easy to use beautiful things to make a movie look good. But if you can take a movie that looks ugly and make it visual. I, I, you know what? I think you're right. I think we should retroactively give uh, Clerks an Oscar nomination for something. There you go. I didn't want to say it you know, that straightforward, but yes. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I'm in. Uh, well, no. Speaking as someone who actually just saw Nomadland like two days ago, um, 
I think what kind of makes that cinematography stand out, because I had seen it sort of winning a few places. So I was going in sort of curious about that aspect of it. And I think you're absolutely right that there is a lot of cheap sort of production value in the beauty of the locations. But I think what makes it sort of stand out is that even though it's shot in this very naturalistic way, there's an amazing use of color and lighting throughout that mm-hmm. film to sort of give scenes a real mood that I think if you look at something like First Cow as an example of something that's somewhat similarly shot, it doesn't mm-hmm. quite have that same sense of like cinematic vibrancy. So I think there's something very deceptively simple about the way it's shot, but that there's a lot of very purposeful things that they do with the color and lighting to make it sing. Well said. I, I love the film and the look of it. It's not I'm not taking away from it. I just wonder how when, when people they sit down to vote, put that in the scale and say this one's better than that, uh, when there's not the same technical challenges. But they are telling the story, so I guess that, that might be the, the approach and how you mm-hmm. you judge. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, let's go on the production design, because we still got the big ones to come. Uh, my number one is Mank. Same. Same. Two Ma Rainey. Same. Emma. Three Tenant. Same. Uh, News of the World. Four News of the World. Four News of the World. Four Chicago 7. Five Chicago 7. Five Ma Rainey. Five Tenet. Interesting. So here, six for me in Midnight Sky. Seven is The Father, which they're not going to do, I don't think, but is one of the most creative production designs I've seen this year. Eight is Mulan, nine is Birds of Prey, ten is The Prom. It seems like this is Manx category. I would think so, if it's going to win anywhere. Yeah, I mean, making old Hollywood, I think that's a... Barring something interesting happening with, like, a production design or art direct, the Art Direction Guild Awards, seems like a slam dunk, but we'll see. Let's, let's, uh, let's get into the big ones now. Well, first, let's quickly do animated feature, which we all can say Soul was winning. We all can either say Wolfwalkers or Onward is our two and three, right? Incorrect. Yeah. I'm going Crudes. Wolfwalkers for the win. All right. I have uh, Soul, Wolfwalkers, Onward, Crudes, Over the Moon. I'd just like to say that I would love to see Wolfwalkers win. I don't necessarily believe it will, but that would be a lovely upset. It's not going to win. I, I, do, I do think that Over the Moon is a threat to get snubbed, and I very nearly took it out of my five. I just don't know what I would put in. could easily just be one of the other Netflix things, The Willoughby's or Shaun the Sheep, or Earwig and the Witch, the uh, the Studio Ghibli movie. I go Wolfwalker's Soul, Over the Moon, Onward. I, I don't truly believe that Over the Moon will make it. I think it should, um, but Wolfwalker's for me is, is head and shoulders above the rest of them. Fair. Yeah. Adapted screenplay. I will uh, tell you the... I think it's... There's seven. So my number seven is News of the World. I have News of the World at seven as well. Very good. I started five. Okay. My number six is Borat Subsequent Movie Film. I have number six, uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I'm Thinking of Ending Things, I have at nine, just for example. Uh, So my number five is Ma Rainey. I've ending things at five. All right. I have Borat at five. Interesting. My number four is The Father. One Night in Miami. Ma Rainey. My number three is First Cow. Well, The Father for me. The Father for me, too. My number two is One Night in Miami. 
I'm uh, Ma Rainey at number two. One Night in Miami at number two. My number one is Nomadland. 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 It's between. I feel like it's between those two, but I really think the gap is widening every every day. I think Chloe's going to walk in with two Oscars. I could see it. Yeah. yeah, it's a rough category, honestly. Not that. Not that like the you know, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, real good nominees. I think The Father is fine. It, it's more about the acting than the writing for me. I'm not like super wild about First Cow, but listen, let Kelly Reichardt be a nominee. Who cares? And then Ma Rainey kind of falls into that. How much do you value adapting? You know, someone's words when the words are already great. But listen, not a not a big deal. Sasha Baron Cohen. Everyone, you know, he's already nominated once for a script, so I don't feel like it's as big a snub. And then there really isn't someone who's who's screaming at me like, oh, if only. I didn't love the White Tiger, so Ramin Barani doesn't do it for me. Charlie Kaufman's been there before, and, and no one's going to argue. I'm thinking of anything as his best. Sure. The, you know, the Mauritanian is very standard issue. Like, it does what it does very well, but no one's claiming it, you know, reinvents the wheel. And nothing really, you know, there isn't there isn't really, like, even a long shot where you're like, ooh, that's very interesting if only it got in. So we're kind of at where we're at with adapted original now. That's more interesting. So I am going to give you my 10, all right? So my 10 is Soul. I don't think you guys necessarily went that low, right? I, I have 10, but Soul's not. Okay. Okay. So what's your number 10? An- another round. Okay. Miles, I, did you? I, I started at eight for the rest of these. Okay. So my 10 was Soul. My nine is Palm Springs. Same here, Palm Springs. It hurt him to say it. it My number eight is the Five Bloods. I have Five Bloods at eight as well. On the rocks. My seven is never rarely, sometimes always. I will. Uh, Minari. How do you pronounce it properly? I think Minari is fine. All right, I I'm think it's with, supposed to be close to like Minai, but no one's saying it. Yeah, I'm going with Minari. That's I've got uh, Palm Springs there. All right. My number six is Mank. I have Jack Fincher missing from Beyond the Grave. I have 40-year-old version. I have Sound of Metal. All right, so here's my five. My number five is Sound of Metal. My number five is Mank. It barely makes it. Five is Judas. Mm-hmm. My number four is Judas. My number four is The Five Bloods. My number four is Minari. My number three is Minari. My number three is Mank. My number three is Judas. Hmm. And here's where I think we're at. It's between these two. Emerald Fennel promising young woman, Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of Chicago 7. I have Emerald Fennel winning an Oscar. I do too. I do too. It's very close. It's a, yeah, it's a coin flip for sure. I think what it comes down to is I, I think the vast majority of voters are going to think they're both very amazing scripts. But we've already given Aaron Sorkin one. And I think if you if you love them both similarly, there's something about giving Emerald Fennel the win over sort of the the undisputed god of screenwriting, you know, for like movie screenwriting. Even if you don't like necessarily love Aaron Sorkin words, you recognize that he's a master. You know, just made, and it's sort of like in your David Lynch thing. Sure. You, know, you can you can say like, oh, I don't like the way his characters talk, but you have to acknowledge like he does what he does better than than anyone. So if you love Promising a Woman. You kind of rally around her as like, oh, let's give her the win. Because, again, it comes back to like when you don't know. You, you hope she'll be back, but you don't know. 
Aaron Sorkin will probably be in contention or nominated for every single thing he writes. My feeling is with with it but, is that you're it's gonna be a hard time for Promising Young Woman to win some of the bigger categories, and well, this is gonna be one of well, the top, you know, top six. And you'll see. Mm-hmm. Fennel deserves mm-hmm. something, so I'd I'd love to for see sure. it happen. Um, All right. So I think this is a great spot to make sure that she gets something, and if she gets more after, then fantastic. But yeah. okay, supporting actress, aka the five shit shows. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I hear that, that lovely ladies who turned in supporting performances this year. Well, did all of them turn in supporting performances? Some of them. Some, yeah. So here, I'll give you I'll give you my ten quickly. So here, I would say my eleven is Talia Ryder, never Larry, sometimes always. It's not going to happen, but she's great. I wish she was considered more. My ten is Saoirse Rowan and Ammonite. Um, I think I'm as likely to be nominated if we're being honest. <laughs> my number nine, Dominique Fishback, Judas and the Black Messiah. I I think BAFTA is probably where that ends. Eight, Ellen Burstyn, Pieces of a Woman. They've actively avoided nominating her almost everywhere for some reason. So I think it's truly between these seven. My number seven is Jodie Foster, the Mauritanian. I have uh, Helena Zengel at seven. I have Zengel at... Oh, well, I don't have a seven. I guess, okay. I, well, I guess Bernstein would have, would have been seven. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I had Foster in my five for a little bit, but she's going to go in with just a Golden Globe win, and that's a little, little thin for me. My number six is Helena Zengel, News of the World. That's my six. Yeah. I have Amanda Seyfried. I think she just misses. Mm. Well, that's where I get into my number five is Amanda Seyfried. And I think the five is probably between Seyfried, uh, Seyfried, uh, Zangle, and Foster. And what you're going to choose is former winner, Jodie Foster, with a win under her belt, but not much else. Helena Zangle, who's gotten in a lot of places, has the best resume of the three, but is a, you know, essentially for everyone, first timer. She's a young actress in a movie they probably like less than we think they do or amanda who's got some things not usually enough to lock in but is also like in the wheelhouse of what they normally go for you know if if they're horny they're definitely voting for her <laughs> i had zengelin originally but then after she lost the young performer or whatever the the category name is yeah uh, I, I dropped her down a couple. Oh, I think it's really close. And I think either one of the of Zango and Foster could slip in because my number four is Maria Bakalova. And I'm not going to believe she's going to get nominated until she's nominated. I have her at five. I had uh, Jodie Foster at five and I have Glenn Close at four. Hmm. I have Olivia Coleman at three. I have Jodie Foster at four and Olivia Coleman at three. I have you. Good. Good. Oh, I have Yunya Jung at uh, three. I have her at two. I have Olivia Coleman at two. I have Amanda at two and Yo Jung Yun at one. I have Glenn Close at one. I, have I don't Maria have Close Bakalova at one. I have Close well, missing. Thing. I don't think she's going to make it. I will probably, I think that's also very possible. I think if Bakalova gets in, I will switch her back to one. But I, I, I don't, I feel like she's not getting nominated, but I also don't want to predict the miss and have it happen because. If we're being realistic, like that's way more interesting of a nomination. Yeah, I think she gets like the Melissa McCarthy bridesmaid style nomination. Even if she doesn't win, I think it's a more interesting performance than a lot of the competition. That's fair. Yeah, so we'll see. But it's going to be a wild five because 
no one's going in with any kind of resume that says winner until they just vote. So you're going to look at SAG. I think it's going to be similar. You're going to look at SAG, and that's going to be your answer. I think Minari's getting getting some good momentum late, and I think maybe she could sneak in there and not just sneak in, but also can win it. Definitely, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Now here's an easy category: supporting actor. Um, I will give you my eight. Let's say my number nine is Bill Murray. So my number eight is Glenn Turman from Ma Rainey. My number eight is Mark Rylance for Chicago Seven. I have Rylance as well. At He's my ten. He's my ten. David Strathern, seven, Nomadland. Uh, seven, I have Bill Murray on the rocks. I have Tucci. Mm. Uh, this will make everyone very happy. My number six is Jared Leto. <laughs> Same here. Oh, come on, guys. No. <laughs> well, I mean, um, he was my five until yesterday. God damn it. Um, I have uh, Paul Racy at number six. I have him at number five. I swapped him out for Leto. That's my one, like... I'll go with something that doesn't make any sense. See, I definitely have an equivalent of that, and that's a David Strathairn. There's nothing yeah. that says it's going to happen, but I just have a gut feeling that something off is going to happen. That's why he jumped to seven. So yeah, my five is, is Racy. My five is Murray. All right. My four is Chadwick Boseman, Five Bloods. So there's Same. its nomination. Oh, yeah. It'll get the one, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, I have him there, too. I have Odom, right. Odom Jr. I have Odom at three. I do, too. I have Racy at three. That's very optimistic of you. And I have Sasha okay. Baron Cohen at two, Daniel Kaluuya at one. That seems like very clearly where yeah, we're at. For sure. And Daniel Kaluuya is going to win an Oscar. And no one's going to be upset. It's a little weird that that's how that kind of just happened. But listen, let's, uh, let's not try to have anything happen there. I'm going to say I'm going to say one thing. I'm a little disappointed that he is such a favorite because I think what that does is gives people, oh, we gave the movie something. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, if you're more in the in the hunt, then you're, you're going to be I, I would think you'd be more actively voting elsewhere. But if you think yeah. you're already given one, then you can say, well, let's spread the wealth possible. That's true. Yeah. That's definitely fair. I think yeah. for me, it's my favorite performance of the year. So I'm just wanting to see it rewarded for that. Well, I yeah. I, it's, it's my let's number do. One. Yeah. Let's do actor quickly, because that's pretty easy. Uh, let's all just say Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> there we go. Chadwick um, for the win. But... Here, I'll say my number seven is Tahar Rahim for the Mauritanian. There's an upset nomination that morning. I have uh, Delroy Lindo for Five Bloods. I have, old I, have Del- old I have Delroy at six. I have Stephen Yoon at six. I have Mickelson at six. Mm. I have Yoon at five. My bottom, have, my bottom, sorry, my bottom four and five have are constantly swapping yeah, around. Sure. I, I can't decide. Um, I've you in at five currently. Yeah, I had Lindo until recently. I think that's. I think it's just that's our disappointment on on the morning. My four is Oldman. My three is Riz. My two is Hopkins. I have the same uh, four, three, and two. My surprise one though, I put Tahar Rahim at five. That's my that's my gut surprise. I mean, he is peaking at the perfect moment. I have him at four, so I have him at four. I, that's, Ahmed at three, Hopkins, and then Bozeman. I, I mean, now I feel like I've been a dick to him. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I think I think the 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 numbers bear out what I think is the five, but yeah, could certainly slip in. But the the end result is still Bozeman wins. I, now, I, I factor to, in a lot more of an emotional reaction because I don't have 
Well, it depends if they saw it. it depends the if they saw it because it's a smaller movie. What was that? That's the thing. I just mean it's a smaller movie. So yeah. yeah. If they saw it, it depends. If if I thought every Oscar voter saw the Mauritanian, I would predict him. But I'm not convinced because I think also the film, like even in in conversations I have where I tell people about what they should be watching, you know, when they ask, I don't always mention that film. Like I obviously would want to mention that performance if we talk about actors, but the film itself is good. But I think when you think about a film, you you veer towards making sure they saw Promising Young Woman, for example. Sure. Um, here, actress. I'll tell you my 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 nine and eight. I think they're out of the race. My number nine is Sydney Flanagan. My number eight is Zendaya. I have Zendaya at eight as well. I think it was an all, it was an interesting almost scenario, but I don't think it's happening. I have yeah, three on my out of the my bottom three though. I think are out of the uh, the running of mm-hmm. Zendaya. Flanagan and Lauren. Hmm, yeah, Loren. Sophia Loren is my seven. Amy Same. Adams is my six. Same. My six is Pike. All right. So here's where it gets interesting. My number five is Viola Davis. Oh, wow. My number five is uh, Andrew Day. Mine, mine's Kirby. I think Viola Davis is going to lose a few votes because of the supporting thing. I don't think enough to matter, but there'll be a few people who do that. And I, I think just the weirdness of the year like if there's a wtf miss it's i think it's her my number four is vanessa kirby i have vanessa kirby at four that said i can't help but feel like she could potentially be the surprise miss she definitely could but the problem is she's her and francis mcdormand are the only two who've hit everything sure so you know like the smell test you think oh kirby could miss it's the movie they care about the least give or take billy holiday but she, she, all of the places that matter, she's shown up. Viola has a miss. Everyone else has a miss. So I would watch out there. But yeah, Kirby's my four. Steve? I have Davis at four, Kirby at five. Mm-hmm. Andrew Day is my number three. Uh, McDormand is my three. Day at three as well. I think mm-hmm. she's peaking at the right time. She's, she's- exactly. I think she's she's doing better now than I think she'll ultimately necessarily do at the show. But got to get in first. My number Which two is Francis. Was it the Globe? It wasn't. The reaction wasn't. Oh, what a surprise! And we're just disappointed. It was an opportunity for people to say that was a great performance, not the best film. Great performance, and you heard that over and over and over again, which I think is going to sink into people's heads. Yeah, and I think that gets you into the five, and then I think might stop your tracks a little bit there when they yeah. go, "Oh wait, but the film." Um, exactly. My number two is Francis McDormand, and I still have Carrie Mulligan at one. Same here. I have uh, Viola Davis at two, but I also think Carrie Mulligan's going to win. And I think that also rehabs the year a lot. I think even with some of the things, like if you still think, oh, Carrie Mulligan won for an actress in an original performance, as opposed to like a biopic, I always I always get a kick out of like, oh, they're not playing real people when they won. There's like an added degree of difficulty to me. Sure. Yeah. So, um, again, I think SAG. I'm looking at SAG. Director, we can all say Chloe at one, right? Yes. Yep. We can all we can all say Fincher at two. Yep. Correct. Okay, so then let's back up a little bit. And I will say my uh, my nine is Shaka King for Judas. I don't have a nine, but I'll say that as well because I like to give him the shout out. That's fine. Uh it's my nine as well. Yeah. My number eight is Paul Greengrass. Uh my number eight is Spike Lee. Mine is Martyr. There is Martyr. Yeah, my seven is Spike Lee. My seven is uh, Florian Zeller for the father. Uh, I've got Lee Isaac Chung. 
Mm. Zeller and Martyr are my 11 and 12, for what it's worth, with uh, George C. Wolf at 10. So here, seven is Spike Lee. So here's where we go. I have Lee Isaac Chung at six. I'm not going with the DGA five. I've got him at six as well. I'm at seven, and I have six as Zeller. Mm. My five is Regina King. Me too. Same. My number four is Aaron Sorkin. My number three is Emerald Fennel. I have Emerald Fennel at three. Okay. I have Emerald Fennel at four and uh, Sorkin at three. But, I w- man, I would love to see a repeat of the Globes where the three ladies get in. I don't – I mean, I, I feel like I'm I'm predicting against the likelihood. But, but at the same time, if Regina King misses, the odds favor Lee Isaac Chung. And that's still not a white male. It's so, true. Yeah. And then if not – Spike Lee, also not a white male. And at this point, I feel like Paul Greengrass is not a likely thing. So I think no matter what, you're going to get like something interesting there. But again, at the end of the day, it's still going to be Chloe. Chloe Zhao, uh, Fincher and Fennel is three solid. I think King could slip out and I think Sorkin, same thing, could flip flop. I wouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of great direction this year. Picture. Here's the big one. How far did you guys go down? I did as far as 12. Okay. I go further, but. How far did you go? Uh, one, uh, it looks like I might. Well, no, let's say twelve because the other okay. two I count out. So I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll get to twelve. So my seventeen was never really. Sometimes always sixteen. The Mauritanian fifteen. Borat fourteen. First cow thirteen. Soul. Okay, so that's where we're at with things that I don't think are making it, but for one reason or another, we're we're in the running. My number twelve is the Five Bloods. I've got the five bloods at 12 as well. It seemed like it could definitely get in there at one point, but it's just lost any and all momentum. Exactly. It hurts. I have the father at 12. My fa- the father is my 11. Father is my 11 as well. I think it'll miss. Mm-hmm. And now here's where we go. Normally I tell you my 10, so now I am now saying this is my 10, but I don't think they'll be 10. Obviously, I usually cheat, and if it gets in, I'll still take credit for it. My number 10 is News of the World. Same. And I also think it won't actually get nominated. Yeah. My number 10 is another round and the same. Mm. I don't see it being happening, but I'd like to see it. Fair enough. My number nine, and this is the other fringe one where I'm, I, it depends on how many nominees there are. My number nine is Sound of Metal. I've got that too. My nine is Ma Rainey's. Mm-hmm. My number eight is Judas. My number eight is Ma Rainey. My eight is One Night in Miami. My seven is Ma Rainey. My, my seven, seven is, or go ahead. My seven's Mank. My seven is Minari. My six is One Night in Miami. My six is Minari. My six is Judas and the Black Messiah. My five is Minari. My five is Sound of Metal. My five is One Night in Miami. My four is Mank. My four is Judas and the Black Messiah. My four is Mank as well. Here's where it gets interesting. Tell me your number one. Nomadland. Nomadland. Same. Tell me your number three. Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman. My three is Trial of Chicago 7. I've got that at two. I have moved Promising Young Woman up to two. I have this weird feeling that the it still feels like it's going to be be Nomadland until we see SAG. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, SAG and uh, PGA. But at the moment, if they, if you counted up ballots, I think the passion vote is clearly Nomadland and Promising a Woman. 
Yeah, you know, actually, I'm I'm switching it to two because so so the Twilight. change will happen Go once ahead. you have the guild wins because you know you, you're mm-hmm. going to start preferential balloting and I think uh, you know Nomadland and Trial will benefit from nobody hating it, but at the moment when it's much more of a passion vote, I think that's that's kind of the order. I could definitely see it. Yeah, I, there's there's a part of the back of my head that's just like. They're going to pull out a weird semi, I mean, Trial Chicago 7 is hardly a conservative vote, but it's more of a traditional sort of what you think of as best picture winner. And I could almost see it like weirdly winning picture, even if it doesn't win almost anything else beyond that. Well, that's what I wrote about. uh, Was it two weeks ago? I I had it. I had if it wins, I have it winning picture and editing. I have it doing the same wins as a same, not the same categories, but same principle as uh, Spotlight. Well, there you go. Yeah, that exactly. It's something like that where it's just like. There's nothing that necessarily supports it, but it just gets in by virtue of everybody likes it. It's not necessarily their favorite, but it's in everybody's like top three or four. Exactly. So here, let's wrap up now. Well, can uh, I one question? You... Can I ask one question? If we, if it only turns out to be an eight, eight film category, what what do you think is going to drop out? I, I know, know based on your on your of course your rankings, but do you have like a more of a gut feeling? Uh, Sound of Metal with Ma Rainey. I think that if it if they go low, it could also be the Netflix bias. I'm just like, do we really need three or four Netflix films? Yeah, I think Sound of Metal and Ma Rainey, I think they're getting in, but they're the two that are like in the vulnerable spots. Exactly. Other than that, I and then Judas just has the, did it come out late a little late? And also, is it, and I get, this is not how I feel, keep this in mind, but, you know, for the most conservative of the voters, is it a little militant for their tastes? You know, like, is it, you know, the, the guy who won't watch Promising a Woman, is he also is he likely to vote for Judas and the Black Messiah? You know, I'm sorry, the guy wouldn't watch um Never Really, Sometimes Always, that email guy. You know, he doesn't seem like a like a safe bet to be in on the Black Panthers. So, some food for thought. We're gonna we're gonna be back next week, obviously, with the nominations. We're gonna record after they're they're put out. But what I wanna do as we wrap up, each of you tell me one shocker that you think could happen could be a snub or could be a, uh, a citation and then tell me one thing you would uh if you could have a like a wish if you could manipulate things a little bit that you would make happen so and then also tell them where you can be found so miles go first um well i already mentioned it in my um uh, sort of uh, predictions, but I think David Strathairn and T- Tahir Rahim getting uh, nominated are sort of the ones I feel most go against the grain. Uh, as far as snubs, um, I could see a scenario where Minari gets left off of uh, Best Picture, which would be crazy, but I could see it happening. Hmm. And give like a wish, like if you could manipulate something. Uh, if I could make a wish... Uh, my wish would probably be Shaka King for Best Director, actually. I would like to see that. Cool. Oh, no, right. no. You know what? I'll do one better. Lakeith for Best Actor. Fuck you, Shaka. No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I want both, but, you know. This is one where I do wish Keith was here. He, he probably would have laughed at that. <laughs> he would have enjoyed that. I, All right. I'd like them both in. Uh, you enough. can find me on Twitter at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. You can also find me on Instagram at Marvelous Miles, although I never check it. And uh, please check out my short film, American Exorcist, which is on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures. Didn't make the short list, though. No, nah, well, there's always next year. Did you submit? Ah, I knew I forgot something. 
There you go. Steve. All right. My shockers are Glenn Close missing and Mickelson making his way in. Uh, God, I would love that. Best actor. And if I could have one, besides the obvious, you know, the best picture, I, I've i been pro, you know, supporting one film all year. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Fennel win director. Nice. That'd be cool. That's, pretty, that's awesome. Um, where can they follow you? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn, or not LinkedIn. <laughs> I guess you can follow me there too if you want to, creepers. Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and on Letterboxd at FilmSnork. Cool. Um, I think the surprise that we're going to see, so I, I'll, I'll tinker a little bit with my response. I say watch out for Jared Leto still because they fucking like it for some reason. Um, exactly. My also surprise is that I think Promising a Woman, if it does well, could do really well and, and will probably and will be the number two. Uh, snub wise, like I said, watch out for Viola Davis missing. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's a possibility. And if I had a wish, I would get Sydney Flanagan in for actress and Tiger nice Rider for supporting actress and Eliza Hitman for uh, screenplay. Why not? <laughs> there we go. Um, you can follow me at Joey Magaton. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Letterboxd. You can follow the site at Awards Radar on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, like I said, we'll be back next week with the uh, nominations reactions. And then after that, we'll have a little bit of a gap before the show, but um, we're going to have Ryan back at some point. Um, Kendall and or Casey will be back, um, presumably to talk more about Vanessa Kirby. But they were uh, they enjoyed quite a bit, so they'll be they'll be back. And, uh, you know, more, more shenanigans, uh, spicy Kevin spice. will be back. He, he, I'm predicting a snub for him as well. So no, who see, knows? So. yeah, he, he might have a, he might have a reaction. Who's to say who mm. can predict these things. Miles, can you, can you guarantee that if he is nominated, that, that we'll have a reaction from him? If he is nominated, then there will be a video that goes out. Very nice. <laughs> I can say oh, that with my. the confidence that I don't have to build a chili pepper puppet that looks like Kevin Spacey on short notice if that happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, if whoever rigged the election, if you're hearing this, go and uh, rig the uh, the voting. <laughs> Listen, I will be very impressed if if our like niche little character from our niche little podcasts like infiltrates the Oscars, then you fucking have earned my labor, sir. It'll be worth getting sued. Yeah, no kidding. I, uh, I as, as we wrap up, I was going to say, I, I was telling them more fair that I was listening to the This Head Oscar Buzz podcast, which is very much up our alley. And one of their first episodes was on Pay It Forward, which remember the movie where Kevin Spacey beats up someone who's trying to molest Haley Joel Osment? I do now. That's yeah. the one where he punched himself? Wait, hold on. No lawsuits. Well, no, it, it was it was get in line, sir. It was exactly what it was. Uh, it, 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 it's oh that movie I want to do an episode talking about like this had Oscar buzz style films once we're through with the season but for now as you hear the bells toll they toll for us this has been the uh, prediction special and uh, finalize your predictions and if uh, they turn out to be right you're welcome and if they turn out to be wrong what the fuck are you listening to me for anyway we'll talk to you next week bye y'all goodbye bye.